Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you, Brother Foster. Thank you, uh, Jay, for that wonderful prayer. Thank you, Brother Amen. Gary, for that scripture reading. Thank each and every one of you for coming out today and being a part of this worship service. No better place to be on the first day of the week that God has awakened you for you to be here to render worship unto him in spirit and in truth. It is so glad. I'm so glad. And I'm sure the Lord is delighted that your mindset is to come out and to worship him and glorify him because he's so worthy and deserving of all, to be honest, more than even what we offer. He's deserving and worthy. This morning, you know, the last several weeks, we had Brother Bobby bring a couple of lessons. Brother Gerard brought a lesson. We're talking about a theme going into the new year about building marriages, building and strengthening marriages in the church. And, you know, I've been looking at that, looking at that, and looking at that. And I want to present something this morning along that same path, but I want to address something of what I consider and believe to be the core root of the problem as to why so many marriages are failing and why we have so many problems in marital relationships, uh, not just in the church, but just in life, period. But my specific concern is the church. Because what, what the church represents, it should represent godly families and homes. And if the homes are broken down, if they're dysfunctional, that brings and pours over into the church. So they, they, they tie together. You, you really, you, one is going to affect the other one way or the other. So this morning, I want to briefly look at what I would consider to be the, the core root of the problem. We all know the problem in anything is sin. But I want to address what the sin is. And if I had to give it a lesson title, it would be preparing the goods before the wedding. Preparing the goods before the wedding. And a subtitle, proper, pre proper preparations produces godly marriages. In America, we have this thing, and I haven't figured it out yet. We seem to be one of the only countries that are so backwards when it comes to entering into marital relationships. People might date for a little while, and then the next thing you know, uh, the guy proposes to the female, and he gives her a ring, and they set a date to get married. Then, all of a sudden, they decide, we need counseling. But wait a minute, wait a minute, and help me out. Some of this might not go down well with you this morning, but it's, I'm going to show you it's the truth. Why would you take all of those other steps and then decide you need counseling? You would think somewhere along the line, you would check out to see if we're compatible before we set a date talking about getting married. Why, why are you a quote unquote dating? That's the time you need to be 
checking into this person, looking into their background, looking at each other, and then finding out, is this the compatible person for me? But no, in America, we do things kind of backwards. We get our hopes all built up. We get the young lady excited and thrilled, put a ring on her finger. She's excited to tell everybody and show everybody a ring and all of this. And you have no idea whether or not you're compatible with this person in marriage. That's objective number one we're going to look at. The second objective is this. People get together and start shacking. That's not God's plan or procedure for preparing for marriage. People get together, they, they get together and start shacking. And then who knows how long that goes on until finally they decide we want to get married. Well, we need counseling. What counseling do you desire? If you're already acting like you're married, doing everything like married people, what is it you want to find out in counseling? My first piece of advice for people who are shacking and they say, we need counseling, I say, split up. Somebody need to go. And of course, I usually get the response, no, that ain't going to happen. Well, what do you want me to do? You're in sin. You are in sin. Now, there's only one other avenue. Just get married. Well, how do we know we're compatible? How long you been shacking up together? I want to address those two objectives objectives this morning. Is that all right? The first one is how we go about this thing backwards about preparing for marriage and how our parents prepare to give our daughters and our sons away in marriage. In Deuteronomy 6, the scriptural passage, the passages that were read under you, God gives a direct charge to Israel. And believe it or not, that charge is still to us today. Romans 15, the Bible said things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. Even though that was addressed to Israel. Guess what? We are God's people today. And God's view has not changed as far as mixing and mingle with unbelievers. Yes, quiet. Yes, quiet. And the problem where we see the root of the problem is... Number one, parents are failing to do their job in raising the children by putting these commandments, these laws of God into the hearts of the children. I didn't say all parents, but many are failing. Many have failed. And we see the results. We are failing to put the fear of God In the hearts of our children as they're growing up, teaching them who God is, teaching them to reverence God, 
teaching them that they shouldn't allow anyone or anything to come between them and their God. Amen, somebody. We are missing out and we are failing and instituting core values of spiritual things into the lives of our children. And by not teaching them what we should be teaching them, you know what? The devil comes in through some of these unbelievers, and you know what? They just take our kids straight on up out of the church. Amen. So when we fail as parents, to do as God instructed right here. To write it on the, on, the, on the post. When you get up in the morning, you talk about God. When you sit down to eat, you talk about God. Before they go to bed at night, you talk about God. God should be in the conversation all day, every day of the lives of our children. Amen. And that does not make someone a lunatic. Or crazy. They, they walk around singing and, and, and remembering everything else. Amen. Why not the word of God? Amen. So when we fail to instill these values into our children. They get older. And they are so easily drawn away because what should have been there as a reminder in their heart is not there there's nothing there to counteract what the devil is presenting unto them in Deuteronomy you you read for yourself in Deuteronomy 6 and I don't know why my, my screen guy back there don't have it up there but nevertheless we see that God is interested and he's concerned about his word being in the hearts of his people and it being passed down from generation to generation. But how can it be passed down if it's not being instilled? Parents, we have to get back to doing things the way God say do them. So that when our children get older and they come across these young men who don't believe in the one church, who don't believe in Christ, who don't believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They're not going to waste their time entertaining anything that they have to say. They're not going to waste their time to even give them the time of the day. Because, you know what? If a person don't want to get to know your God first, what are they going to benefit? How are they going to benefit you in any way? Amen. You stop and think about it for a moment. Why are there so many marriages now where husbands can't even pray for, the, for their family? Husbands can't even pray for themselves or wives can't pray for the family and wives can't pray for themselves. You know what? Because somebody went outside of the scope. How can, a, how can a man be the spiritual leader of the house and he don't even know God? 
Why would a young lady surrender her will or headship to a man who God don't even acknowledge? You say, but I love him. But what about the spiritual? What about the spiritual? See, we get so caught up in the lustful, the fleshly, the carnality of it all. And we forget about God. Until all hell break loose. Until the storms come. Until the trouble come. And then all of a sudden, we want to get to know God. During the wedding, we lied and said God brought us together. How can God bring a believer and a non-believer together? Huh? You all heard those lies at weddings. (laughs) Y'all looking at me. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Paul writes, he said, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord. And touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And what have we done as parents? We've endorsed, we've endorsed this behavior. We've endorsed it. God can't be pleased. Well, how can we be? Well, I just pray the Lord work it out. No, that's not the way God designed it. God worked it out that you stay among your own. See, that's God's way. God's way is that you stay among your own. And I'm not talking about a race thing. I'm talking spirituality. Believers go with believers. Man, this Christian life is hard enough to live by yourself. Why you want to bring an unbeliever into your walk? But I love him. But I love her. So parents, we... We, as parents, raising up younger kids, you know what? We got to put God's law back into the hearts of our children. We got to teach them who God is. We got to teach them what God expects of them. And that God is a jealous God. And God would not have it that someone who's not a believer in God to come between them. Yeah, that's about the response I expect. The second point. What did I say we're going to be? Huh? Lord, where did we get that concept from? Where did we get the concept? And I'm going to deal with this some more. The first one and this one some more down the road. Where did we get this concept from that I can love God 
and be a Christian and lay up and roll over and look at a man or a woman who I'm not married to. Where did we get that concept from? Where is that in the Bible? Well, how can we practice it if it's not in the Bible? Huh? You know, once upon a time, that would, that would bring about an outrage in the church. But the church has failed. And calling sin what it is. I don't get it. And, and I'm not trying to lift myself up and, and say I'm better than anybody else. It just never clicked with me to live with a woman that I know ain't my wife. And, and I guess because God's word has been instilled in me. You know, all I can think of is, man, I lay there and God killed me. Let me die. What can I say? What can I say? But sin has become so prevalent. It has become so overwhelming now. People go around visiting congregations, shacking together, acting like husband and wives and they act like there's no problem with that. And when you confront them about it, they have the attitude, the audacity to have an attitude. Yeah. Like, why are you questioning me about that? Because it's sin. Yeah. The Bible said marriage is honorable. Yeah. And the bed, what? Undefiled. Undefiled. Not shacking. I look at how dishonorable it is for a young lady and a young man. The dishonor, first of all, that they bring about on God. Amen. They dishonor God. And live in such a way. They dishonor their parents. And live in such a way. They dishonor themselves Amen. I struggle folks I'm going to tell you I struggle I struggle with young ladies and, and young men who live in situations like those and when I say I struggle I struggle with the fact of just seeing how do you respect yourself You can't have any respect for yourself. Look at how you're living. Well, brother, may it ain't for you to judge. I'm not judging. I'm telling you what the word of God says. The word of God says, if you're going to play like you're married and act like you're married, get married. But society said, it's cheaper. Two can live cheaper than one. And you can buy all this. That's not how God designed. See, that's why Christians are called out. That's why the church is the ecclesia. They're called out, they're set apart. 
But because of a lack of teaching at home and being raised up, and then guess what? The lack of teaching at home spills over to a lack of concern and enforcement even in the church. So now, folks just want to live any kind of way they want to live. But what about God? What about God? See, when you look at Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 6 outlines three very important factors. There are three key notes that form the background and the backbone from these passages in Deuteronomy. Number one, obedience as an evidence of love and reverence for God. Number two, warnings against forgetting the Lord. And number three, the need of the transmission of God's truth to the coming generation. It's, it should be preparing each generation stronger and stronger to remember don't forget what God has done. Let, let's look at this. Obedience as an evidence of love and reverence for God. How can you have reverence for God living in sin? Huh? You roll over and, and she, she cooking for him, washing his funky drawers and, and everything else. And, and if I offend you with that word funky, I apologize. Dirty. And sometimes he washing hers or whatever. There are things that are reserved for marriage. How can you roll over looking in the face and, and having sex and all this other stuff? Where, where is your reverence for God? And this isn't your husband or your wife. The reverence. How can you even pray? Huh? Let, let, let's address that. How can you, how can the two of you even pray? John 9 31. But we know God here now, who? Sinner, right? We, we'd like to throw that out to folks who aren't members of the church. But guess what? Even in the church, we can sin, and sin separates us from God. Yeah. How can these two people live like they even pray? To who? And the sad thing, people live in these situations, and they go about and carry on just like everything is so lovely. Everything is so lovely. No, it's not. It's jacked up. It's sin. But nobody in the church want to call it that anymore. Nobody wants to call it what God labeled it. And then when everything starts falling apart, when he decides there's another skirt tail, he want to go after or she find another rascal she want to go after. Now everybody's upset and mad and you want to run to the preacher to, to do what? I don't 
have any counseling for either one of you. Because neither one of you are married. I told you my first piece of advice. You either go to the courthouse and get married or guess what? Separate. Amen. If you're not going to be obedient to do what God say, why are you trouble in the church? Why are you trouble in the church? Then other young people see you living the way you're living. You bring you you cast a cloud of 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 doubt and you bring about trouble in how they're thinking. Well, we know they're not married. They sit up in church. They're singing and, and sometimes congregation even let the man get up and participate in the service, knowing that woman is not his wife. Man, I pray to God he give me better sense than that. Warnings against forgetting the Lord by a lack of teaching from the home that, look, you need to stay among your own kind. Because you go out there fishing around, out there, that man or that woman is going to turn your heart against God. He's going to turn your heart against God. Oh, I know it's not popular. And, and, and folks are going to do whatever they want to do. My job is not to make anybody do anything. Amen. When Jesus walked this earth, he didn't make anybody do anything. He said they had a choice to believe or reject. Amen. You have a choice to listen to what I'm saying from God's word and adhere to it or do what you want to do. But there are consequences. I'm willing, if I was a bidding person, I'm willing, anybody of the age of 25 and older, you know and have seen situations where somebody in the church got tangled up with somebody outside of the church and got led away or they're crying every day because they did. God told Solomon, leave those strange women alone. They're going to turn your heart away from me. And Solomon, other than Jesus walking this earth, Solomon was the wisest man ever to walk this earth. And he became a fool. And God warned him. The need of the transmission of God's truth to the coming generations. Why does it, why does it appear that society is just becoming so, so much more wicked and wicked and wicked? Because God is not in the heart of the children. God is absent. 
God is absent from the hearts of the children. Why? Because I go back to objective number one. We as parents, we're not instilling God's word into our children anymore. We're so concerned about what people might think and how people might look at us being holy. What people might think about us and we're worried about our children complaining about them being different and how they're brought up. It's called holiness, folks. It's called holiness. It's called reverence to God. It's called presenting your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Romans 12 and 1. That's what Christian living is supposed to be about. But no, we want our children to dress scanty and, 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 and have naked like the rest of the folks in the world. I can't find it. And they quit lying. You're a lie. There are decent clothes out there. But we don't want our children to feel indifferent. And and so we let them walk around look like little whores walking around. We let them walk around advertising. So some perverted thinking man or some perverted thinking female could hit up on them as if they're out there selling. And believe it or not, some of them are. You say, well, I'm not a prostitute. I don't sell. Well, if you're going to lay down and have sex because a joke about your purse, what you call that? You may not have exchanged money directly, but you exchange goods. So what does that make you? And we wonder why the church has so many problems with the marriages. See, we want to put a band-aid over the explosion after it has already occurred. Why not address the root of the problem? Let's go back to the home. Let's fix the homes. Let's put God back in the homes. And some of us don't even want to do that. Sad to say, some of us got husbands who don't even know God. Some of us got wives who don't even know God. And I think about when men leave the church and and hooked up with these ungodly women. And this woman spent all this time raising the children. And God is nowhere in the teaching. So this young young boy that she raises up, where is the reverence and the fear of God going to be in his heart? How is he going to know how to love this this young lady? And he don't even love God. Let's go to the root of the problem. Let's go to the home. Yeah, we, we may have lost a generation, but you know what? We could work on the one that's coming up now. 
We have young ladies who haven't, who haven't sold themselves off yet. We have young men who haven't sold themselves off yet. And I'm not saying there's no hope for the ones who have gone out. And, 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 and hey, you just, got, you just got to deal with what you ain't got yourself into. You got to deal with it. Quit lying on God. God brought us together. No, he did not. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians 6 and 17 has read that for how long? Longer than all of us we've been living, right? When did God tell you to go out and mix and mingle with unbelievers? Well, how did he bring you together with an unbeliever? And then you pray, Lord, bless, bless, bless our marriage. And then you, you get caught up in this and you don't even spend time to try to convert the unbeliever. Amen. And that takes me back to objective number two. You don't evangelize with sex. Now, I'm getting ready to close. I'm going to deal with this some more down the road. You don't, but I, I ain't going to deal with it. You don't evangelize with sex. Do I need to say that again? If a man truly respects you, he's going to wait. If you truly respect yourself, you're going to wait. If you truly respect God, you're going to wait. Because let me tell you something, and I'm a man. I'm a man, young ladies. Hear me, I'm a man. And, and I've been 13, 14, 15 years old. I've been 19, 21, 25, 26. I've been those ages. You can persuade him all you want to by laying up with him and everything. And you're only pushing him back that much further from saying I do to you. And the truth be told, he lose respect for you. It's not popular. But it's the truth. That's why God put it where he put it. In marriage. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Hebrew 13 and 4. That's where he put it. And he said it's honorable. In the bed. What? Under five. But he says at the end of that. Four moments. They're going to be judged. So I wanted to introduce that to you this morning. And this is what we're going to be looking at down the road. I'm sure Bobby will have some other lessons. And I'm sure Brother Gerard will have some other lessons on marriage. But my angle is going to be, let's go to the root. Let's go to the core problem. And the core problem of why there's so much trouble in marital relationships in the church 
You know what? It goes back to the home. It goes back to the home. We're not raising our children the way we're supposed to raise them. Just imagine if we put the word of God in our children's heart the way Deuteronomy 6 outlines it to be done. What if we really talked about God that way? What if our children honestly and truthfully saw us praying to God and reverencing God in our lives as they're growing up and they see that God is the first person we call on, we pray to, we believe in, in our walk? Can you imagine the impact and how it will impact them? But is this what they're seeing? Well, I know he's not a Christian, but he got a good job. He got a good job. But guess what? He don't know God. He don't know God. Now, how far is that going to take your child in that relationship? Give me a Christian, give me a broke Christian any day who can pray to God than an unbeliever any day who got a lot of money. Because the truth be told, everything belongs to God. And whatever God would so choose to bless me with that he see I don't have, he can give it to me. But those that choose not to obey him and reverence him and do his will, they shall be cut down soon like the grass. Then what, folks? Then what? Who does your child call on then? Who do they turn to in that marriage then? Said enough for today. <laughs> if you haven't been instilling these values into your child's heart, it's time. It's time. Because if, if it's the Lord's will, they're going to grow up. They're going to grow up. And guess what? There's some young man out there, there's some young lady out there who don't know God. Who parents just raised them any kind of way they wanted to. Or if the streets didn't raise them. And just by chance, they're going to look at your son and they're going to look at your daughter. What have you instilled, what values have you instilled in your child to counteract against what the devil is going to approach them with? We're all mixed up. We're all messed up, folks. Jump up, propose, give reins, and then talk about we need counseling. No, you, you, you do the counseling while you're dating. Check box number one. Are you a Christian? No. Moving right along. And let me tell you, if, if, if he desire you that much... Or she desire you that much. They'll, they'll, they'll figure out a way to come to know the Lord. Amen. 
They'll figure it out. But don't get yourself caught up in that trick bag. Well, that joker just get in the water just to, just to, just to get in the bed with you. And men will do it, and women will do it too. Amen. No, you know, check box number one. Are you a Christian? No, I'll see you later. Oh, is that how you're going to be? Yep. Brother May, folks just don't do that. That just ain't how it is today. And that's why it's the mess that it is today. Amen. When you deviate from God's word, you create a mess. And that's why so many marriages are in a mess. I don't want to hear about what's popular. I care less about what's popular. I'm concerned about what's right. I'm concerned about what's right. And whether we never grow in numbers or not because of this subject, you know what? Don't bother me. But I'm going to stand before God one day and it will be known I preach the truth. That's all that matters to me. So you could go shack if you want to. But you'll never be comfortable here with it. I, I promise you that. And that doesn't mean I don't love you. You just ain't going to find a comfortable setting around here living that way. And that go for any other sinful ways and acts of carrying on, whether it's homosexuality or anything else. If God got a problem with it, we as Christians should have a problem with it. Amen. Well, times have changed, but the truth has not. Amen. If you're here today and you have on your heart to give your, give your life to Christ, to surrender your will to him and be baptized for the remission of your sins, today would be a great day. Folks are already sitting thinking, you know, Come New Year's Eve, I'm going to rededicate myself. Oh, I'm going to get right. Man, folk dying every day. Tomorrow, (laughs) tomorrow ain't got anything to do with you. All you have is right now. This is all you have. You're going to stand in judgment, die in your sins and say, well, I was going to do it tomorrow. But tomorrow never came. Today is all you have. Bible teacher one becomes a Christian by hearing the gospel. Believing it. Repenting of his sins. And confessing Christ to be the son of God. And being baptized for the remission. Of his or her sins. Living faithful unto death. It just takes a made up mind. Denying yourself. Matthew 16, 24. You can't follow Christ until you get you out of the way. For us who are Christians, parents, look. If you can look and see, hey, I haven't been as forceful, haven't been as diligent as I should as a parent. Let's pray about this, folks. 
If repentance is in place, repent. Ask God to forgive you. You're still alive. And give you time to do better. All hope is not lost unless you choose not to obey God. Because you'll never do it right by doing it opposite of what God said. What's our song? 111. 111 is our invitation song. Yield not to temptation. <laughs>